If you're passionate about your ride, you're in the right place. Todd Bianco is talking cars, trucks, crossovers, electric and hybrid vehicles, and amazing auction and used car finds. This is All Revved Up from iHub Radio. Here's Todd. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Well, I always <clears throat> I always like to start with some news. And uh, the big news today was uh, that the L.A. County Sheriff's <clears throat> have uh, released uh, the report on the Tiger Woods crash <clears throat> that happened on uh, February 23rd in Palos Verdes. Um, they uh, had recovered the black box from the 2021 Genesis GV80 uh, that Tiger was driving, and it's clear that he was speeding. Apparently, he was going from between 83 to 87 miles per hour in a 45 mile per hour zone, and it didn't appear that the brakes were hit at all. Hit at all. In fact, the black box shows that he was accelerating at the time of the crash. You know, so maybe he thought he was hitting the brakes but hit the gas pedal instead. Who knows? Um, They aren't going to get his cell phone records because they say, well, they don't have probable cause and that's that. But they do do this routinely in crash investigations uh, to see if it was part of the cause of a crash. But apparently not this time. Uh, So... uh, I guess it's good to be a celebrity. And also they said they made a nice statement at the time that, that the, the crash first happened, that uh, it didn't appear that drugs or alcohol were involved. However, they never asked for blood samples either. So how do you know? Okay. I mean, you know, it, probably not. But uh, if you don't have anything to uh, measure it by, well, I don't know how you can make a conclusion, but so the bottom line is, is that the sheriff department is not going to cite Tiger for anything. They're not going to bring charges up and they're not going to give him a ticket. And they made a big deal saying, well, if the, if the peace officer didn't see, you know, this infraction, then we're not going to write a ticket for it. And it's like, he's a little, uh, he's a little upset that uh, people are calling this favoritism for a celebrity. Who knows? Maybe it wasn't. Maybe it was. But um, that is a very, very fast speed for that particular uh, piece of road. Um, you know, he was going nearly double 40 to 45 miles per hour. That's pretty fast, especially when you're coming up on this you know, big curve. So, I mean, it's no surprise that the car crashed. Now, the news at the top of the hour also stole another one of my announcements, I guess, that uh, uh, Apple CEO Tim Cook was dropping hints about um, their plans and to do, you know, for a self-driving car. And, you know, I've been reading more and more about what Apple is doing as far as, far as their, their future plans. But basically, uh, they want to have software as a service. So they want to be able to be selling you software like in a subscription type of thing. And it's entirely possible that what Apple is looking at with autonomy, if they're able to solve autonomy, uh, which I think Tesla will solve it before Apple does, you have to have the data. And I don't know if that uh, – I don't think that uh, Apple has a sufficient data. Uh, I mean, App, I, Apple – has autonomous cars on the road we know that and we know that they're collecting data from you know hundreds of thousands of miles but tesla literally has billions of miles of data to to go by when they're dealing with uh 
autonomy. But I, th- I think what Apple is really looking to do is to have you subscribe to Apple Car Service, essentially, where in, you know some sort of pod or you know something that looks like a loaf of bread shows up. Um, on demand, you, you you open your iPhone and select that, and it um, you know opens the doors and brings you wherever you want to go, and so it's kind of going to be selling you a service. So I think that that's where Apple's going if if, if they do this at all, but I also don't think it's going to happen for another few years, not till at least 2025. So I, I, you know, I don't know what you know. I know that Tim Cook thinks that an autonomous car is a robot. That's correct, and he says he won't, you know, won't say what Apple's going to do. They investigate lots of things, but you know, it's, it's like I'm getting a little tired of the dropping of the hints here that Apple's doing, and it seems to be never ending. When- All righty, let's go on to some more news, and um, if. their new factory I'm here okay yeah okay all right <laughs> Look, looking for a job in Austin Texas Tex- Tesla is going to hire over 10,000 people at its new factory there over the next year uh, initially initially the electric car company will need 5,000 workers but by the end of 22, that number should swell to 10,000 as full production of the Cybertruck and Model Y and Tesla's 4680 battery cells go into high-speed production. Uh, Tesla's working with local schools and aims to hire students out of high school and work with them to continue their education while working at the plant. Uh, anywhere from inexperienced young people to manufacturing engineering managers, architectural designers, security managers, and battery cell manufacturing operational leaders are, you know, they're all looking for jobs in that area in, uh, at, you know, Tesla's Gigafactory in Austin. As a sign of the consolidation in the auto industry, CarMax has announced that it's buying Edmunds, which is the editorial, informational, and uh, auto buying website. Uh, the deal is valued at $404 million. Uh, I think that uh, CarMax already owns a piece of Edmunds, and Edmunds is based in uh, Los Angeles. Uh, the long-promised Hyundai Santa Cruz pickup truck will be unveiled on April 15th. Uh, the teaser shots show a four-door trucklet with a short bed. Uh, think, you know, think of the modern Subaru Baja, basically, and that's what you're going to see. Uh, Toyota and Tesla may partner on the development of an electric vehicle platform, uh, citing an official from the Japanese auto industry. Uh, a Korean newspaper uh, reported that Toyota and Tesla have been in talks since last year and are close to the final stages of discussions. Uh, These talks reportedly center on a plan that would see Toyota combine its engineering know-how with Tesla's expertise in software and uh, control systems for electric powertrains to realize a new platform that could be used in a small crossover. Uh, I think it's a good idea because uh, Toyota needs to be uh, more in the EV marketplace than they are right now. They're really far behind when it comes to something like that. Uh, I know that they they say that they're you know more interested in their hybrids and their you know hydrogen cars and things like that. But um, I, I think that EVs are going to be an important part of any uh, car maker's portfolio going forward, and uh, certainly Toyota needs to have more uh, play there. 
This past Saturday, GMC revealed its new 2024 Hummer EV SUV, uh, yet another unavailable EV in GM's growing lineup of unavailable EVs, including the 2022 uh, GMC Hummer pickup truck and the 2023 Cadillac Lyric SUV. Uh, GMC paid LeBron James a ton of money to narrate the commercial and directed uh, that directed uh, consumers to place a reservation uh, at gmc.com slash Hummer EV. Uh, the commercial was uh, 90 seconds long, which had to cost a fortune during the NCAA Final Four playoffs. Uh, as with the pickup truck, the SUV will be powered by GM's new and still not production-ready Altium battery technology. Altium uses large cell, uh, large format pouch cells that can be stacked vertically or horizontally inside a battery pack. GM says this allows engineers to optimize battery storage and layout for each vehicle's design. Uh, the 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 uh, SUV version of the pickup truck is actually quite a bit shorter than the pickup truck, and so it had to have the cells uh, repositioned within it, so it's not using the exact same thing as the pickup truck to uh, to get uh, to get to the range, the, the long range desired. Although there will be, I think, three different ranges that you'll be able to pick eventually. Um, but uh, it, it, you know, it is it is different, and you can like take the roof off of this thing, and it, it looks very strange with all you know the roof taken off of you know the four panels on you know eat by each you know drivers, passengers, and then you know the the rear passengers as well, and uh, kind of looks cool like a convertible uh, truck uh, driving around, but it looks really kind of odd when you look at the you know the back part of the hatch that's still sealed. Uh, it starts at a, um, the, uh, edition one starts at, um, $105,595 with a 300 mile range. Um, GM says that it sold out within one hour of going live. Uh, no number was given as to how many were available. If you want the extreme off-road package, that adds $5,000 to the expected, uh, price uh, and maybe a small haircut of maybe 20 miles on the range. Eventually, sometime in 2024, 20, a base version will be available with a 250-mile range for $80,000. Like the pickup, it comes with 22-inch premium wheels, uh, assist steps, assist steps, and floor liners. Uh, the extreme off-road package comes with 18-inch wheels and 35-inch outside diameter mud train tires, uh, underbody armor and rock sliders, underbody camera views, and other features. And to answer everyone's number one question, can you get it with, cra with crab mode? And the answer is yes, of course, for extra money. Uh, th this is a lot of money for, I think, this, something that's going to be fairly low volume. Uh, but uh, GM certainly has it out there uh, and plugging it with commercials and I've seen you know ads all over the web I've seen ads on TV so they're you know they're pushing it to show that they have these the green creds that uh, everybody thinks that you should have these days uh, I just don't know if anybody's going to pay that kind of money on a you know a high volume basis uh, for this kind of a, a truck um, Honda and Acura are recalling 628,000 vehicles because of faulty low-pressure fuel pumps. 
in uh, the impeller in the low pressure fuel pump can uh, deform because of a manufacturing defect, which will cause the fuel pump to fail and as such the vehicle to stall. The recall affects models in both Honda and Acura portfolios, uh, but is limited to vehicles from the 2019 and 2020 model years. So these are very recent cars. Um, the fix obviously involves replacing the fuel pump, and Honda will, will replace the entire fuel pump uh, module uh, free of charge, of course. Uh, and you're dealing with the 2019 Acura ILX, the 2019-2020 Acura MDX, 2019-2020 uh, Acura MDX Sport Hybrid, 2019-2020 uh, Acura TLX, uh, the 2019-2020 Acura Co Honda Accord, the 2019-2020 Honda Accord Hybrid, the 2019 Honda Civic Type R, the 2018-2019 Honda CRV, uh, the 2019 Honda Fit, 2019 to 2020 Honda Insight, uh, 2019 Honda Odyssey, um, 2019 Honda Passport, 2019 Honda Pilot, and 2019 Honda Ridgeline. Uh, this covers a lot of models, folks. So if you've got a late model Honda, you might want to check to see if you're covered under their recall. Uh, you're listening to All Revved Up on iHeartRadio. Radio. This is Todd Bianco, and we'll be right back. CEO Jones Agency. At Jones Agency, we are virtually unstoppable. 24-7, 365. As a leading creative shop in the Inland Empire, it's our role to continue providing the best thinking and strategic leadership, especially during these challenging times. As we all learn to create and adapt to our new normal, at Jones, we're one step ahead providing fully integrated marketing services to you the moment you need them at a cost you can afford. And that's our promise. We are here to help your businesses weather the storm, refocus your dreams, and maybe even eliminate some of the barriers. Call us today for a free assessment, 760-325-1437, extension 206. 760-325-1437, extension 206. Hashtag Stronger Together. From Detroit and beyond, Todd's talking about trucks, cars, vans, SUVs, and even the occasional dune buggy. It's all revved up on iHub Radio. Welcome back. And speaking of dune buggies, there's a, I just saw that uh, Jay Leno has a uh, Myers Manx that he's uh, just done a video on. So you might want to check out his YouTube channel uh, and uh, check out the dune buggy and the Myers Manx. It's quite a uh, cool looking little, little car he got. He always gets the coolest ones. Um, let's talk about 
this uh, recently published a survey from Consumer Reports that is their exclusive survey-based ra- uh, ratings uh, of cars and trucks and SUVs, and this is the ones that are the most satisfying to their owners. Uh, did you actually know that the new price, the average new price for car, a new car? is $39,000 now, according to the National Auto Dealer Association. You know, that's a lot of money that, you know, I keep thinking that, you know, uh, 25,000 is an entry, but uh, it's uh, it's not. It's And just a couple of years ago, it was 35,000. Now we're up to 39,000. But I don't know if people's incomes have risen that high. Well, nevertheless, it's just, it's it's kind of shocking to see uh, the the, the uh, uh, that that this keeps creeping up because I'm sure that if it's thirty nine thousand dollars now within a year it's going to be forty or forty one thousand uh, as prices creep up. But a lot of it has to do with Americans, you know, taste for gigantic SUVs and pickup trucks that uh, are highly profitable to the manufacturers and uh, cost much more than forty thousand dollars in most cases. Um, so let's look at most satisfying under compact cars. The mo- remember, this is the most satisfying, not that they're, you know, the best performing or that they have the least amount of problems per se, but the ones that are most satisfying for any number of reasons to owners, a uh, compact car is the Volkswagen golf. Now, Probably the Golf GTI is probably more satisfying than the base Golf, but people like the way the, the little VW performs. Uh, it's a great fun car to drive. Uh, for the midsize or large car, you've got the Toyota Avalon, and you know, hard to argue with a you know something that's as uh, drama-free as an Avalon with plenty of space and you know lots of luxury features. Uh, nearly a Lexus these days. As far as a compact hybrid, the Toyota Prius uh, takes the cake there. And, of course, the Prius has been a perennial popular uh, top-rated car for for many, many years. So I'm not surprised to see it there. A small luxury car is a Tesla Model 3. Again, no surprise, you know, Tesla owners are, you know, usually rabid fans. I might be one of them. Um, And uh, the, the people who own a Model 3, and there's many, many of them now, love them. Um, so that, that's their top uh, top pick. Uh, luxury midsize uh, car or large cars, uh, this is a luxury category, is the Tesla Model S. Again, highly satisfying to owners, um, and they get you know lots of lots of love there. Sporty car, and again, not a surprise here. A Mazda MX-5 Miata. Uh, if you've ever driven one, which they're a lot of fun to drive, especially the stick shift version. Uh, you know, you got, you've got the convertible hardtop. You've got, you know, it's it's low to the ground. It's uh, rear drive. It's a, just a lot of fun if you can fit in it. Uh, but it doesn't give you a lot of room other than that. A minivan is the uh, Chrysler Pacifica. I can understand because I think Pacifica is probably uh, the best designed one. And with stow-and-go seats, you can't go wrong with the uh, uh, configurable uh, interior on those. 
the redesign that they did uh, for a few two or three years ago was just fantastic. Uh, subcompact SUV, the Subaru Crosstrek. Uh, people love their Subarus, and uh, the compact SUV is the Subaru Forester. Again, not a surprise there. And then the two-row SUV, hey, another Subaru, is a Subaru Outback. <laughs> and as far as three-row SUVs, the Kia Telluride, again, not there. It's been getting a lot of love from anybody who drives it. They like the looks of it. They like the interior. Uh, they like the way it's, uh, you know, has a powerful V6 engine and that it just seems to hit all the right notes. Large SUV is a Ford Expedition. Wow. Surprised at that. Uh, we'll finish the list when we get back because there's only a few more on it, but I think you'll be interested in the uh, pickup truck, full-size pickup truck, and uh, luxury uh, crossover and SUV segment. This is Todd Bianco. You're listening to All Revved Up on iHub Radio, and we'll be right back. It's Todd Bianco, talking cars and trucks on iHub Radio's All Revved Up. Here's Todd. Some reports about uh, the most satisfying cars in various categories. And we left off, we were talking about in the large SUV category, uh, was the Ford Expedition. Uh, which is, you know, basically a full-size F-150 that's made into a uh, three-row SUV and beat out the uh, uh, Chevy Suburban. Uh, let's see. Uh, let's let's talk about luxury compact crossovers. This is a very large segment of of the uh, of the of the market. Uh, and the Tesla Model Y uh, took that crown this year. Uh, it wasn't around last year, so didn't have it there. But this year, it's the Tesla Model Y, and like the Model 3, uh, owners are rabid lovers of these cars. Uh, for a two-row luxury X SUV, uh, the BMW X5 took the crown there. And from what I see in Los Angeles and the Coachella Valley, I see lots and lots of X5s. I see lots of X3s as well, but the X5 is uh, sort of that that you know, one that fits a, a larger family better than any other um, BMW. I mean, sure, you see the X7, but the, the X5 is, is a really nice, uh, you know, right in the middle there. Uh, and as far as three-row luxury SUV, uh, the Lincoln Aviator, again, a really lovely uh, uh, Lincoln version of uh, the, the uh, Ford, uh, it's not the Ford Expedition, it's the Ford uh, um Explorer. It is beautifully done. The interior is just sensational. Uh, Lincoln uh, really did a custom job on this to make it really feel special and not just a you know frosted over Ford. Uh, and let's see as far as compact pickups, uh, the Jeep Gladiator. 
Uh, this comes back to people that are in love with the Wrangler. Uh, they would buy the Gladiator. They easily pay sixty, seventy thousand dollars for these things, and and absolutely love them. Whether they're you know that good of a pickup truck, I don't know. Probably the Ford Ranger's better as far as a real just pickup truck. But people love the Gladiator, and this is what it's about. It's about the ones that are most satisfying to owners. And as far as a full size pickup truck, uh, again, surprisingly, the Toyota Tundra. Uh, not the Ford F-150, not the Ram 1500, but the Toyota Tundra, which at this point in the survey is probably 12 years old, which is, you know, ancient by car terms, uh, just because I think it's reliable and probably has good resale value. I think people like the reliability of the, of the Tundra. So there's, there's, there's the pick there. And I think Gladiator probably beat out the uh, Toyota Tacoma, which is usually the favorite in the midsize section. Uh, so those are that rounds up the, all the various categories in the survey, and I hope they do it again next year so that we can see uh, if it's changed and what's changed. I was looking through Twitter, believe it or not, and and I found this uh, fascinating. Uh, it's a t- it's a, a global sales, and this comes from General Motors, and you know just comparing General Motors to the industry. But I thought it was interesting to look at the numbers here and, and see what we've got. Like in 2019, uh, the uh, North, uh, North, you know, let's, let's not do North American. Let's just do United States. The United States market was 17,499,000 vehicles. But in 2020, that dropped to 14,924,000 vehicles. Uh, that's probably easily attributable to the pandemic. So things have dropped there. Uh, GM doesn't do any uh doesn't do any business in Europe these days. I mean, they sold Opel and Vauxhall, which were their European brands. But uh, as far as the size of the markets, uh, in 2020, the United States was 14,924,000 and Europe was 14,795,000. And so that's nearly identical to the, you know, the European Union altogether, all of Europe, and then the, compared to the United States are nearly the same volume. But the, you know, the big gorilla in this room is China. Uh, China is just gigantic. The overall market total worldwide was uh, for 2020 was 78,583,000 units. And of that, 20, almost 25 million or 24,992 was China, just China. So they were nearly one third of the entire market for cars. That tells you what's happening in China and why it's so important for any automaker to be present in China and to be selling as many cars as they can in China because that's where the expansion is. China's got a a market that's growing uh, quite a bit each year, and you can't afford not to be there because if you're not one way or another, you're missing out on a gigantic share of of sales. So it, it... it uh, and if I look at uh, look at 2019, let's say, and that was a year obviously without a pandemic, uh, the total global sales uh, was 91 million, uh, 338,000. Of that, uh, 17,499,000 was in the United States. Uh, Europe accounted for 19 million, so even more than us, uh, 19 million 21,000, uh, uh, and. 
China was 25 million. So it was a smaller percentage, but it was a higher, you know, it was a higher number than 2020. 2019 was still higher than 2020, but not by a lot. I mean, 25 million, 398 versus 24 million, 992. It means that China has really made a quick comeback after the pandemic, and buying just continues. So it's it's um, it's just keeps going. Although interestingly, in uh, 2018, uh, China was 26 million, so that was a higher number, 26 million 519 thousand, uh, and of the. Global was 93 million, uh, 756,000. Uh, North America, I mean, the United States was only 17 million, 721. And Europe beat us again that year was uh, 18 million, 928,000. But still, you know, China trumps all of them, but just by itself. Um, and that's uh, something that, you know, you need to be wary of when you're an executive and see where things are going. Well, I've got a little more news then. Let's go through some of that. Um, there are uh, more electric announcements from GM. This time it announced that the uh, uh, automaker will uh, build an all-electric Chevy Silverado pickup truck at its newly renamed Factory Zero in Detroit. Uh, it'll be built alongside the GMC Hummer pickup truck and uh, Hummer SUV pickup truck. Uh, I mean, the uh, Hummer SUV and then the Cruise Origin RoboTaxi, which looks like a loaf of bread. All of these, uh, you know, Chevy Silverado, uh, uh, all of these cars will be sharing the same uh, uh, Ultium battery uh, packs. And then each one will have a slightly different, I think that the uh, Cruise Origin RoboTaxi will probably have a, a more unique platform but the uh the all the trucks will share a similar platform uh you know some longer some shorter but it will you know these are a bunch of announcements from from uh from gm but they will need to make sure that there's you know there's no date given for the silverado they say it's going to have more than a range of more than 400 miles they don't say how much it's going to cost but it won't be cheap but let's not forget that you know these this probably won't be here till 2024 or something and both tesla and rivian will have uh production this year probably rivian the middle of the year and tesla at the very end of the year with full gearing up of the factory in 2022 so you've got a lot of pickup trucks coming to market uh that are you know planned to be larger volume and gm needs to make sure that they've got their product out in the market uh, as well at the same time they really need the silverado sooner than they need the hummer because the silverado would be sure to have a larger volume who knows um, there are rumors around the uh, Washington Beltway that the $7,500 uh, federal tax credit uh, for EVs could potentially be increased to $10,000, and it's going to be a massive catalyst to any EV uh, manufacturer, not just Tesla and GM, who lost the credit you know, a couple of years ago because they each sold more than 200,000 EVs, but to all EV startups, as well as the legacy manufacturers like Ford. Ford just came out with the, you know, the, the Mach-E Mustang. Uh, so I think that, and, and it's got, you know, it has that Ford F-150 electric that's coming, and of course, other electrified products, but all of these uh, companies are, you know, really would be able to um, uh, 
take advantage of something like this and I think would really spur uh, more people to buy electric if you got these kinds of credits, especially if they make the credits either A, refundable in other words, so let's say your tax liability is uh, $8,000 for the year and you get a $10,000 credit. Uh, the $2,000 would either be refunded to you or you could carry it over to the next year. So if it's either refundable or carryable, or uh, you can carry it to the next year and maybe the year after that, I think that's what be, would be fantastic. Right now, the $7,500 credit is a use it or lose it. A lot of people don't have a $7,500 credit. I mean, even if you're making, say, 100000 or something or 120000 a family of four with all the deductions and all the, you know, the, the kids and, and the, the, you know, the standard deductions and all those kinds of things, you may not be at paying uh, $7,500 in, in tax. And so sometimes you may, aren't able to use the credit. And then it's lose it if you don't use it. These are being talked about will be either refundable or they will be able to be carried forward to the next two or three years, which is, I think, a, a, an important uh, uh, distinction that uh, people don't realize uh, how important that would be, especially to their own bottom line. Um our, my favorite uh, pickup truck company, Rivian, is doing some more copying of Tesla. The company announced that it plans to open 40 service centers around the country uh, within a year and that it will have mobile service technicians. You'll be able to schedule everything through the Rivian app. And that's exactly what Tesla does. Um, Mercedes-Benz has revealed the, the production version, uh, will reveal the production version of its flagship EQS sedan uh, next to uh, next week on April 15th. Mercedes already revealed the ultra-luxury, luxurious interior and this futuristic, like the entire dash is just, you know, screen after screen all, you know, flowing together. Uh, it's, you know, quilted leather seats. It'll have a, a large 108 kilowatt hour battery that can charge at the rate of up to 200 kilowatts um, and which is pretty fast it will be rear drive as standard with 329 horsepower you can get a dual motor option as well as an amg variant with up to 516 horsepower uh, mercedes ex expects it to have at least a 400 mile range of epa range in other words the tesla model s will have more range even though it has a smaller battery but still mercedes is going to be a gigantic car compared to the tesla really so it is you know i'll be interested to see the full production you know exterior and not just the interior but the interior uh, you can google it now it's quite the wow factor uh Elon Musk has confirmed he's moving to Texas from California. The obvious reason is taxes. He's literally got billions of dollars in Tesla stock options that will cost him millions of dollars in California tax if he exercises them while he's a California resident. However, Texas is also the epicenter of Tesla's new, you know, they've got the Giga, you know, Giga or you can call it Terra Factory in Austin. Uh, Boring Company is going to be doing a tunnel from the factory to the airport. And of course, SpaceX has huge uh, operations of Bolsa Chica, and they're going to have their own city named, um, what is it going to be named? It's going to be named Star City or something like that. Uh, he also donated $10 million to Brownsville uh, Downtown Redevelopment and $20 million to Cameron County Schools, where Brownsville is located. This is Todd Bianco. You're listening to All Revved Up on IHEP Radio, and we will be right back.
Don Bianco's All Revved Up continues on iHub Radio. Participation encouraged, but not required. Call 760-544-TALK. That's 760-544-8255. Here's Todd. Welcome back. I found where Auto Week had uh, reviewed every three-row midsize SUV uh, that's available in 2021 from worst to best. And I always like these kinds of uh, lists just because they're fun to see uh, what they liked and what they didn't like about these uh, these cars. So again, these are midsize three-row SUVs for 2021, and I believe there are non-luxury. These are just uh, you know mainstream brands. So the worst is the Nissan Pathfinder. Does anybody even actually buy one of these things? I rarely, rarely see them. Um, they say there's only one engine choice. Uh, one touchscreen is standard on all trims. Uh, it has a 284 uh, horsepower V6 engine with a continuously variable automatic. Uh, front wheel drive is standard. All wheel drive is optional. Uh, there's, you know, check any expectations of excitement at the door because the Pathfinder is built for shuttling families. It's quite good at that task. However, the the second row bench seat has a clever fold and slide mechanism that allows it to move out of the way, uh, even with a child seat installed, so that uh, passengers can uh, move easily to the third row from the rear. Uh, Base price is $33,000. Cargo space uh, behind the second row is uh, 47 cubic feet, uh, but it's if you just if you use the third row, it's just 16 cubic feet, and uh, you know they they weren't they were I guess they weren't impressed with it. <laughs> Number 12 is the GMC Acadia, uh, compact version of the Chevy Traverse, uh, but uh, does offer three row seating. Um, three engines are available on the Acadia. You get a, a 193 horsepower four, uh, you, you know, for front wheel drive models. Uh, you can get a 230 horsepower turbocharged inline four, and then there's the top is a 310 horsepower V6 for the Denali or off road trim uh, AT4. Uh, every engine comes with a nine-speed automatic, no buzzy CVT like the like the Nissan. Uh, it's on the smaller end of the segment and the shortest in length by overall, um, uh, by over an inch. So, base price is thirty thousand nine hundred ninety-five dollars. I went over the engines. Cargo space is forty-one feet, uh, with the you know third row folded down, and uh, cargo space with the third row up is just twelve cubic feet. The Chevy Traverse uh, is number 11 at, uh, and it's basically a, the GMC Acadia, but with, you know, uh, more room. Uh, so it's the biggest on the list with over 17 feet long. Uh, it's not quite as big as the Tahoe, but it uh, straddles the line between minivan and SUV. Plenty of cargo space in both the second and third row. Uh, base price was... Uh, Oh, you can get it without, uh, you know, it, there's also a- Apple CarPlay and Android Auto phone integration with every uh, trim level. Uh, it comes with, a, you can get it with a Wi-Fi hotspot and has a standard 4G LTE data connection. Um, base price is 32000 uh, Engines, you can get either the 310 horsepower uh, V6 with a nine-speed automatic. I don't think you can get the four-cylinder engines in this particular car uh, because it's a bigger one. Uh, cargo space is good, uh, 57 cubic feet behind the second row and 23 cubic feet with behind the third row. Number 10 is the Subaru Ascent. Uh, 
So if you're tired of the Subaru Forester and the Outback, uh, the Ascent is the largest Subaru made. It's powered by 260 horsepower flat four cylinder engine. Uh, it's got 277 uh, pound feet of torque that give it uh, a heavy push when needed. Uh, it has a CVT that helps this uh, 4,656 pound all wheel drive three row uh, get an estimated 27 miles per gallon on the highway. Um, offering standard lots of standard safety features where the ascent shines the brightest so it gets uh, you know forward collision warning automatic emergency braking standard lane departure warning lane keeping assist adaptive cruise control all that is standard uh, six inch 6.5 inch uh, touchscreen is standard apple carplay under android auto and you premium premium level gets you an eight inch uh, touchscreen with wi-fi um Cargo is uh, 70, 47 cubic feet behind the second row and uh, 17 feet behind the uh, third row. Uh, the uh, nine, number nine is the VW Atlas, whereas a friendlier faced uh, than 2021, so it got a slight facelift. Uh, these are all made in Chattanooga, Tennessee. Uh, standard engine is a 235 horsepower inline turbo four with front wheel drive. You can also get it with a 276 horsepower V6. Uh, got lots of different um, trim levels. It's an eight-speed automatic, no CVT. Uh, you know, its base price is thirty-two thousand five hundred sixty-five dollars, and uh, has fifty-five uh, cubic feet of cargo behind the, the second row and twenty feet behind the third. Uh, the Dodge Durango is on the list here, number eight. Uh, let's see, uh, it gets a V6, uh, and you can also get it with a V8. Uh, and it uh, it has you know rear drive is standard, but uh, all-wheel drive is available. Base price is thirty-two thousand. Uh, we like this car a lot. I, I would like this a lot because it's like my Dodge uh, Charger. Uh, lots of fun to drive. Uh, Honda Pilot is number seven. Uh, you know, very popular three-row. Uh, base price is $32,265. There's only one engine, which is a 3.5-liter V6 with 280 horsepower. A nine-speed automatic is standard. Cargo space behind the second row is 46 cubic feet. Uh, and uh, behind the third row is 16 cubic feet. Number six is the Ford Explorer. Again, always a popular one, $33,470. Uh, base engine is a uh, 300 horsepower, 2.3 liter turbo, uh, but you can get it with a you know a hybrid and a 3.3 liter uh, V6 engine, 10-speed automatic, cargo space, 47 cubic feet. Uh, behind the second row, and 18 behind the second, uh, third row. Uh, Toyota Highlander is number five, always a popular choice. Uh, you know, base price is $36,085. Uh, you can get it with a 3.5 liter V6 engine and an 8-speed automatic. There's also a uh, hybrid version of this with a 2.5 liter 4. Uh, number four is the Kia Sorento. It's been completely redesigned, redesigned this year. Base price is $30,560. Uh, standard engine is a 2.5 liter inline four, but you can get it with a uh, 1.6 liter turbo inline four uh, with a six-speed automatic. The other one has an eight-speed automatic. Uh, quite nice looking. Uh, lots of standard features. Uh, Front-wheel drive is standard, but you can get it, of course, with all-wheel drive. Uh, Mazda CX-9 is number three. Always a popular car that nobody buys. Starts at $35,000. Hyundai Palisade and the Kia Telluride Twins 
are number two and number one. No surprise there, everybody loves these cars. Standard V6 engine, lots and lots of room, and high quality interiors uh, really make this car a popular choice. Uh, when we get back, we're gonna be talking Bring a Trailer with our friend John McMullen, and you're listening to All Revved Up on iHub Radio. I'm Todd Bianco, and we'll be right back. 